This episode of Locked On NFL Draft is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving our community since 1965. All right, McDonald's has always been more than just a place for tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends from McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, and on today's episode of Locked On NFL Draft, we are going to get into a little bit more of Rob Rank's top 32, the defensive backs, how there are no running backs on his list, then some big matchups you guys should be tuned into this weekend in this college football slate of games. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. Let's go. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and I'm joined by Rob Rang. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk some football and finally talk some defensive backs, man. We're getting into your top 32 again, and I was like, you know what? We, we talked about talked about edge rushers and all these other positions, but we didn't get to the DBs, all right? So let's talk about it, man. Obviously, at the top, Number three overall, I believe you have Kyle Hamilton, big, 6'4", 220-pound, rangy safety. This guy that, I mean, he can cover sideline to sideline. Matter of fact, not just sideline to sideline. I mean, this is a guy I saw line up as a far hash, too high safety, and make an interception on a far uh, sideline, diving interception, keep his feet inbounds. And also, when people think about rangy, I mean, they think about side to side with coverage. But this is a guy who's rangy in the run game as well. I've seen him start out on fourth and two as a two high safety and come down, fire in, and make a tackle for loss. Man, like just an incredible athlete. What's kind of some of your takeaways on, on why you have him so high in your top 32 big board? Yeah, that's the thing, Eric, is that I think that this is going to be a historic defensive back class. So it's perfect that you and I are having this conversation. That's why we kicked Ryan Tracy out for a little while, you know, because <laughs> we want we want to, you know, just have this kind of a, of a conversation here. Um, I, I, when I look at Kyle Hamilton, I, I see a guy who has a freakish combination of size and speed. Um, and with all due respect to um, some of the other analysts out there who are suggesting that there is not a player in this year's draft class who would have ranked among the top 10 a year ago, I think that Kyle Hamilton would beg to differ about that. Um, you know, there's just not many guys who are 6'4, 220 pounds that can run, that can move the way that he can, that can intercept passes, that can that can be a run enforcer as well. You know, Notre Dame is, is known for producing high quality players. Known for being on TV, of course, every week. I mean, they're the most, one, arguably the most high-profile school in, in all of college football. And yet it's very rare anymore that we see a top 10 NFL prospect come from Notre Dame. I mean, your, your San Francisco 49ers with Bryant Young years and years ago, that was one of the very last top 10 selections that was made from Notre Dame. But Kyle Hamilton is going to be one. And it's going to be deserved because the guy absolutely is a spectacular player. And, and he would just be the, the, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to defensive backs in this class. You know, the, the most that the NFL has seen in terms of being drafted into the first round since the league jumped to the 32-team format in 2002 
was nine defensive backs. And yet I have 10 defensive backs among my top 10 or my top 32 uh, big board right now. And so I am expecting a potentially historic draft class this year. A lot of people laughed at me when I said last year's quarterback class might be historic. And then lo and behold, we had five quarterbacks go in the top 15. We'd never seen that before. I'm telling you right now, this defensive back class is special. Yeah, and there's some really good guys, and it doesn't stop at Kyle Hamilton. I mean, next up, you have uh, Derek Stingley, cornerback from LSU, and he switched to that number seven. You only get to wear number seven if you're special on defense there. He's a guy that got that honor of wearing that. I don't know if it started with Patrick Peterson, but it's something that's kind of trickled down there. Delpit wore it. Now got Stingley, and definitely another guy who's a terrific prospect and a cornerback who I remember watching him as a freshman. I'm like, gosh. I really like this corner on the other side, but Stingley might be even better than Fulton, right? You have Fulton coming out that time. I thought he was maybe a first-round pick. He ended up going like second round to Tennessee. But Stingley, good technician, a guy who's still running the position, a guy who they were talking about potentially having him play receiver. But you have him in your top five. What are some of your thoughts on Stingley? Again, just a freakish talent. I mean, and and I love that you mentioned his freshman season because, frankly, that's what makes me nervous is that this has been his best season to this point. Yeah. And that, that scares the heck out of you. You know, you, the NFL draft is all about what have you done for me lately? I mean, I feel like I'm singing an old Janet Jackson song. But, uh, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And the fact that Stingley is recovering from uh, surgery on his left foot and has not been quite as dynamic as he was, uh, you know, as it's true freshman a couple of seasons ago, that would be the knock that I'd have on him. But at the same time, just consider the receivers that he was going up against in practice every single day. It's not just about who he's playing in games, you know, each Saturday in the SEC, the, the best competition in all of college football. It's the fact that he was going against guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase every single day in practice and was an All-American as a freshman, as an All-American as a sophomore, and was very much on track to be an All-American as a junior because SEC quarterbacks are, are, are smarter than, than some people want to give them credit for. They just avoided number seven. And so that's one of the reasons why his statistics dropped off. But I think when it's all said and done, if he works out as well as I expect, he's going to wind up being a top 10 selection as well. Now, we're going to get into a good matchup over the weekend of Daxton Hill against Penn State, but that's a safety that you have in the top 10 as well. So what are some of the things that you're seeing from him? I know I know about the range and athleticism and some of the plays that he's been able to make on the ball, but, you know, you having him as high as you do, what were some of the things that really jumped out to you? You know, it's funny. When, when you look at the, the Michigan Wolverines over the last couple of years, Eric, I mean, th there's guys like a Jabril Peppers, for example, that had all kinds of production, um, you know, but but didn't have the, the the ball skills that people may be expected. I, when I look at Daxton Hill as a guy that is number two in Michigan, a team that, of course, they, they play in the Big Ten. I mean, they know how to run the football in that conference, and yet he's number two in tackles. He leads the team in pass breakups. He leads the team in interceptions. Um, you know, and then I have all the confidence in the world that the former five-star athlete is going to you know, just absolutely wow people when it comes to workouts. Is he perhaps a little bit higher rate on my board at number eight overall when there's a lot of people out there who don't have him in the top 20? Then sure, 
but I, I, you know, I, I know the goods when I see the goods. And Daxton Hill is fantastic is a fantastic athlete coming from a, a pro style scheme, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, that routinely churns out quality football players. Daxton Hill is going to wind up being an early first round selection, and he's going to live up to all that hype when he gets into the NFL. Well, you talked about having the goods, and I think Roger McCreary, you know, he's another guy on your list, cornerback out of Alabama, 5'11", 178. McCreary is a guy who jumped on my radar while watching uh, Jamar Chase. So, you know, I'm, I'm watching Chase, and, and, and I'm looking, I'm like, who is this Auburn corner that's being aggressive with him at the line of scrimmage, being physical with him? I think you saw kind of the best of both worlds with him where, you know, you saw the aggressive physicality in which he plays and the ability to run – vertically down the field. I believe he had an interception against Jamar Chase down the right sideline. Everything he uh, did, he forced a lot of tight window throws and made Jamar Chase work for everything. But uh, Jamar Chase also won a couple of times vertically down the field on McCray. So you saw the best of both worlds, but big time ability. And clearly you see that same ability because, you know, that's a guy that you pegged into your uh, top 32. Yeah, I mean, I, I just see, a, again, a, a dynamic athlete and a guy that played safety and wide receiver in high school in Mobile, Alabama, um, you know, and then went, of course, to Auburn and, you know, just had to basically bide his time. I mean, that, that was an awful talented defensive backfield um, for the, the, the Auburn Tigers that he had to, you know, basically acclimate and, and be able to make that transition and has done so. Um, so to me, he is one of the top seniors in this draft class. And there, there's an awful lot of really good underclassmen on this list. But among the seniors, I think that Roger McCreary is, is one of the absolute slam dunk top senior prospects, certainly among the defensive backfield players. Yeah, well, one thing that's not on your top 32 list and is running back. So when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about the running back position and how just the value is kind of dwindling. And sometimes are still drafting guys first round. We'll see if it's worth it. All right. But I know what is worth it, and this episode is brought to you by uh, McDonald's, man. McDonald's is definitely worth it. They've been serving your community since 1965. McDonald's has always been the place where you can go for affordable, great, tasty food. All right, It's a place where your friends and your families, they come to the re reconnect and just have a good time, whether it's your friends or family or can also be a place for your classmates to meet up, study groups, and do all those things that have dependable Wi-Fi while having an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries, all right? Yeah, win or lose, after a basketball game, football game, if you're a competitor, McDonald's is a place that you always love to get a snack on your way home and then cheer you up, all right? It's a place where everybody looks forward to stopping on a long road trip to refuel. So make sure, you guys, if you haven't already, today, tomorrow, this weekend, Head over to your local McDonald's, refill, reconnect, and uh, did somebody say uh, NFL draft watch party? Hey man, use your use your Wi-Fi, turn on, fire up that uh, laptop, and uh, turn on an episode of Locked On NFL Draft and listen to us. All right, because uh, I'm definitely loving it. All right, let's talk about something that the NFL is not showing a lot of love to, and that's the running back position. It has dwindled. I remember a time. When I was growing up, I want to say it's maybe 2004 draft, maybe 2005, where you had uh, Ronnie Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams, two guys from Auburn who were drafted in the, like the top five. You will never, will you ever see that again? One, you'll never see two guys drafted top five from the same school. But 
just running backs in general, because it seems like even when you are a running back that is a talented as say, I don't know, Najee Harris, who had a terrific uh, four-year career at Alabama, still he got pushed down into the 20s. And it just seems like people aren't valuing the running back position as much or as high. And neither, and neither are you. You had no running backs in your top 32. So kind of like elaborate on some of your thinking behind that. Well, I, the biggest thing to me is, is that I just don't see a running back in this draft class that that warrants a first-round selection. Now, I had Najee Harris in the first round a, a year ago because I thought that he was special. And, and I think that his backup, who is now the starter at Alabama, Brian Robinson Jr., 6'1", 228 pounds, and you know he's a good football player. I just don't see a first-round football player out of Brian Robinson. And, and I, I'm really excited about what we've seen from Kenneth Walker III at Michigan State. I mean, there's a reason why the Spartans have been absolutely spectacular, one of the true shockers this year in all of college football. And it's a big reason why is because of Kenneth Walker, a big reason why UCLA Bruins have been a surprise this year. It's been Zach Charbonnet, you know, a former Michigan running back um, who went to uh, Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins has been, again, absolutely spectacular. But to me, again, these are second, third round kind of players. You know, if I was going to highlight a player from my my own backyard a little bit here, um, then, then I would argue that the, the, the Washington State running back, uh, you know, in Max Borgie, I mean, to me, I, I see a guy who has as much lateral agility and make you miss to him, the, the softest hands, I, I would argue, among this year's running back class. I think that he fits in really well in today's NFL. I actually kind of, uh, you know, compare him a little bit to Austin Eckler with the Los Angeles Chargers. But, you know, people forget that, that Eckler was a uh, was undrafted free agent. And so when you're trying to project some of these guys to the NFL, Eric, as you well know, um, you know, it is difficult to put a first round stamp on a running back, considering how often the NFL teams have been able to find success with guys who were drafted on day three yeah. or, or undrafted free agents. James Robinson was a, was a, a perfect example of it last year. We, we saw some, some rookies wind up going very early in the NFL draft, and very few of them had any type of success the way that James Robinson did for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that would be the argument that the NFL teams have. Why would we invest a first-round pick in a player when we can get similar production for a guy drafted a lot later? I think that was the big question when Jacksonville went ahead and took Travis Etienne and Etienne, terrific running back. But it's like, man, we already have a thousand yard running back that was an undrafted rookie for agent. So why invest such a high pick in a running back? Maybe some teams still will. And another team that can't seem to kind of figure out what it is that they want to do at the running back position, you know, the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously I cover the 49ers for the Locked On NFL uh, Network. And the 49ers, they traded up to get Sermon in the third round. But they stayed packed and drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. Elijah Mitchell has been their bell cow star running back. And he's done terrific. And he's probably had more success, you know, game for game than any rookie running back from this class. They got him in the sixth round. So it's like you traded up to get a guy, Trey Sermon, who you don't utilize at all. And it's not like he's been bad. Uh, he's averaging over four yards a carry. He's doing well, but for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan more times than not has him as a healthy scratch. Um, where you have Elijah Mitchell, who 
your bell cow, he's, you know, when they give him the rock, he's running for over a hundred yards. He's averaging a good, uh, you know, yards per carry. Every time he touches the rock, he's been good in the passing game. He's like, you got him in the sixth round. And even before that, the success the 49ers have had at running back. Uh, you know, you have Raheem Oster, undrafted guy. We watched him run crazy in the NFC championship game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they use uh, Jamichael Hasty. That's really their kind of change of pace back, undrafted guy. So I don't know. The running back position, I think that, you know, it says a lot that you don't really, you're not valuing it as much as maybe some of these other positions. And I think the league is kind of trending that way as well. No, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I would Jeff Wilson for the 49ers as well, you know, just his spectacular performance that he had when he had his opportunities yep. for the 49ers. You mm-hmm. know, I, I work with Corbin Smith covering the locked on Seahawks and Chris Carson, seventh round selection out of Oklahoma State ha, has really been everybody wants to talk about how, you know, will Russell will can Russell Wilson cook? Well, it's Chris Carson who has been the one who set the table for, for the Seahawks and, and allowing Russell Wilson to cook for, for so many so many years and so I, I will mention a running back that does not get a lot of national attention Eric that I really think should and and it remains to be seen if Ty, Tyler Algier from BYU winds up coming out early but mm. he is a player that I thought helped make Zach Wilson for BYU look so good a year ago and obviously Zach Wilson wound up being the number two overall selection to the New York Jets I certainly wish him well but but Tyler Algier, the the running back out of BYU, is a guy who's five ten, he's two hundred twenty five pounds, catches the ball well, shows better speed than people want to give him credit for. To me, he has that kind of prototypical NFL frame. Not a lot of people are talking about him. Not a lot of NFL scouts, frankly, are, are talking about him yet. But they will once he was able to work out. Once he winds up going to the NFL and surprising people with how successful that he is. Yeah, and it's crazy because, I mean, you can't watch a Zach Wilson game without seeing number 25 breaking off big runs week after week, you know. And uh, speaking of big runs, when you guys are on a run to the store or whatever, you have to go get gas. Before you just hop out the car and pay full price, download the GetUpside app, all right? And we are back here with an incredible app for everyone who buys gas. It's called GetUpside. All right, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas, every time they fill up, just download the Get Up, Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. All right, don't pay full price at a pipe pump ever again. All right, don't do it anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside and just download the app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, they're making up to two, $300 cash back. All right. And crazy thing about it, guys, there is no cash. And it's really simple to be able to cash out. You can use your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, or other brands that are out there. But all you have to do right now, guys, download the app, just get upside and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And get that up to 50 cent on your gallon cash back right now. I want to talk about some big games that are going on this weekend. Okay. I'm excited about it. Uh, and some of the prospects that are playing in it. And the one thing that comes to my mind immediately, safety Daxton Hill 
on the same field as Jahan Dotson from Penn State. And obviously, uh, Dotson just had a huge game just last week against Maryland where he went crazy. Do you think that uh, Hill can kind of help slow Dotson down just a little bit? Oh, I, I think he can. I think that the Michigan Wolverines are are a really, really good football team with, with talent all over the field. And so, yeah, I, I don't expect uh, John Dotson to be able to have the, the same type of production against Michigan that he had against Maryland. And, and that's no disrespect to the Terrapins. But again, the, the Wolverines are absolutely loaded with talent. I think that we can't break down this game without at least starting with Aiden Hutchinson. In my opinion, he is the best senior prospect regardless of position in college football um, mm. certainly among the, the defensive players and, and so I think we have to focus in on number 97 for just a moment and, and then as you mentioned I mean one, one of my absolute favorite players in, in this draft class it would, would be the safety uh, for Michigan um, you know and I, I mentioned him just a moment ago Sorry, give me a minute. And with Daxton Hill, um, you know, six foot, one hundred ninety-two pounds. I think that he might be able to to lay the thunder to a player like Dotson, who is slippery, who is explosive, but at the same time, with one hundred and eighty-five pounds soaking wet. I always am going to worry about durability. He hasn't struggled with durability right. during his college career, but still, that, that's one of the concerns I have with him. And, you know, if we're going to talk about safeties, then, then let's talk about on the Penn State side of the ball. Jaquan yeah. Brisker is a player that, that doesn't get enough attention. I mean, I, I have an article on Fox Sports right now where I'm talking about five players who I think might wind up becoming first round selections that nobody's talking about just yet. And I mentioned Dotson. I meant it. I mentioned Eddie Kitty, the, the pass rusher. I did not mention Brisker. And I think that we should be talking about him. If I was able to add a sixth player to that article, my, my editors didn't want me going over 1250 words. So I couldn't mention another guy, but I think that Brisker is one of those players that really doesn't get enough hype. So if everybody is going to be focusing on Daxton Hill, Watch out for Brisker making a big play for Penn State instead. Mm, that's something I'm looking forward to that. And is there any, are there any other matchups that you're looking forward to this weekend? Well, we mentioned before the, the top 32 big board and, and the fact that I just don't see a quarterback in this class that is going to warrant the same type of attention as, say, a, a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, a Zach Wilson, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but to me, the quarterback that I'm the most intrigued by would be Matt Corral from Ole Miss. And so yeah. he is going up against a really formidable Texas A&M squad. We, we talked about DeMarvin Leal before, the, the pass rusher for Texas A&M. He played defensive end. He can play defensive tackle. That, to me, is one of the big questions about Matt Corral. Is usually he has the arm strength and the accuracy and certainly the athletic ability just to be able to make people miss, be able to, to throw the ball down the field. But it's a different game when you have a pass rusher as, as talented as Leal and the rest of the Aggies. So I'm really interested to see, even though this is a home contest for Ole Miss, I'm very curious to see how well he performs against a pass rush as good as the Aggies. Yeah, there's another big game, too, when you talk about quarterbacks. You got Sam Howe taking on uh, Pitt and uh, Kenny Pickett. So that's a game right there where we get to see, you know, Sam Howe, a guy who was really highly regarded before this season, but his draft stock it just seems to kind of be plummeting a little bit while, uh, you know, Pickett is going in the other direction. Any, any thoughts on those two quarterbacks? 
Yeah, those are two of my favorite quarterbacks. I'm happy that you mentioned them. You know, with Sam Howell, I just see a guy who's gutty. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not the greatest athlete, but he is a guy that I don't know that makes the first round, but I would be pretty damn excited about drafting him in the second round. If I was an NFL team out there, that needed help at the quarterback position. Um, you know, if we're going to make some comparisons, I know that he is built differently. I think there's a lot of people out there who will use the the Baker Mayfield comparison yeah. because they're just physically their stature, their 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 face. I mean, they look kind of similar, but at the same time, to me, he reminds me of Kirk Cousins a little bit. That didn't get enough intention, in my opinion, for Michigan State, and lo and behold, he winds up going to the Minnesota Vikings and previously in Washington. You know, I thought that was a good, savvy move by Washington when they selected him after taking RG3, and then Kirk Cousins winds up being the better, smarter football player. Obviously, has gone on to a great deal of success in Minnesota. To me, Sam Howell is that type of a guy, a guy who doesn't check all of the boxes, but he checks enough of them. So I'm really excited about him. And then Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned, I mean, he's been the breakout quarterback this year. Everybody's been waiting. Who is going to be that guy? You know, who's going to be the Mitch Trubisky? Who's going to be the Zach Wilson? A guy that kind of seemingly comes out of nowhere. Well, it's Kenny Pickett. He's been spectacular. So, yeah, I think that those are two quarterbacks that, um, you know, have a chance to sneak into the first round. And if you don't get them in the first round, because both of them have some questions, Kenny Pickett, I have reservations about his hand size and his pure velocity. With Sam Howell, I have all kinds of reservations about his size and the fact that he struggled a little bit this year. But considering how much talent that North Carolina lost at receiver, offensive line, and certainly at running back, all the pressure was on Howell. So to me, it was very predictable that he wouldn't have quite as good of a year this year. He's still a really good football player. Yeah. Lost guys like Dami Brown, uh, Daz Newsom, and clearly it looks to have been taking a toll on him on top of the running backs that they lost, man. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On NFL Draft. Rob Rang, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, next time I talk to you guys, it'll be Monday, and we'll be talking about some of the, you know these games. How did they go? You know, How did some of these quarterbacks do? We'll get into all that and more right here. We do want to thank you guys for making us your first listen. And when you're done listening to this, episode make sure you listen to locked on 49ers with myself and brian peacock and locked on seahawks with our guy rob ray but until next time time we're out guys peace